0: Only
1: redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value.
0: I can't do this. I'll never last. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. I feel like you told Uh, me it was realistic.
1: With Margaret Ables and Amy Wilson. This fall is going to be fine. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So
0: you don't have to. I can't (laughs) stroll for 18 months.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the face of motherhood, this is Amy. And this
0: is Margaret. And today we are talking about, oh no, it was supposed to be better by now (laughs) and it's totally not. And why are we still stuck in COVID? But before we get to that, we're heading straight for the mailbag.
1: Mailbag. So this week's mailbag comes from Randy on Instagram. She says, Your recent episode about handling the news with our kids really hit home. When my kids, ages 9 and 11, returned to in-person school, they came home telling me they'd played COVID tag at recess. Instead of somebody being it, the person has COVID and if you get tagged, you have COVID too. This game horrified me since the pandemic was very real and scary, but the kids were processing the pandemic in their own ways through play. I didn't stop them from playing and after listening to your episode. I'm so glad you agree that that was the right choice. Totally the right
0: choice. We were talking on our episode about how kids process grief and trauma through play and how that can be really challenging for us as adults because it seems irreverent, I think is the problem. And so great job on letting them play COVID tag. (laughs) They're working it out. Guess what they'll be playing this fall. Yeah. Back to COVID tag. Delta tag is coming up as it turns out. COVID tag has mutated into Delta
1: tag. This is the, not that I need to tell anybody, but just to acknowledge, this will mark the third school year for our children that is
0: affected in some way by COVID. Third one. If I may define the problem as we begin, Amy, I believe that we want to be done with COVID and COVID doesn't want to be done with us. That's right. Especially for those of us who have unvaccinated kids. I will say right at the beginning that Amy and I are vaccine believers. We are both fully vaccinated yep. and all of our eligible children are fully vaccinated because we believe the vaccines work.
1: Can I quote Cody from Peloton? Sure. I am vaxxed, waxed, and relaxed. I'm two out of the three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you miss one and we can guess. Well, I think I'm only one of the three, frankly. I'm missing at least two of those. We keep waiting for like mommy and daddy from the sky, from the government, from the guidelines to tell us what to do and when it's going to be okay. I will quote to you from the Boston Globe article entitled, Pandemic is a War on Many Fronts and We're Not Unified in the Fight. No. That ends with the dispiriting phrase, it is unrealistic to expect a new virus strain to be conquered in a mere, year and a half. To which I respond, now you tell me. I feel like you told me it was realistic.
1: (laughs) Here's my hot take on this whole thing right now. We are all forgetting, or I should say many of us seem to be forgetting that the enemy here is the virus. It's not the mean woman who wants you to wear a mask in her restaurant. It's not the school that said one thing and now they're maybe saying something else. And it's not even the Facebook friends saying crazy stuff. It's not the Facebook thread with your friends from high school. No, the enemy is the virus. And if you know things are now changing and feeling like they're sliding downhill a little bit, which they do to me, that I'm trying not to lose sight of, yeah, the bad guy is not the mayor. The bad guy is coronavirus.
0: Yes, I agree. But I will also say that I think it's extremely natural when you feel a tremendous amount of frustration. When I feel a tremendous amount of frustration with the way my life is going, I yell at my husband. Like your anger just comes out towards his fault. It's very (laughs) realistic, but I appreciate your perspective that it's not correct. Yes. But I also think like, I see you if you're doing it and that's okay. It's human nature. Amy, let us define right now the problems that we are facing right now. I was doing some research on this morning and looking at a bunch of different things. And it was the phrase that pays, Amy, in this morning's research, continuing uncertainty. Uh That seems to be the theme, right? Like the one thing we know we have is continuing uncertainty. We fell for it because, like, we had
1: done so much talking, you and I. I had done so much inner work on, you know, getting comfortable with uncertainty. Sure. But then I totally fell for it. Like, yeah, but this fall is going to be fine.
0: We did it. I'm going to say, we did get Lucy in the football with this bad boy, you know, because... Yes. I feel like once the vaccines came out, it was like, it's over. It's over. And it's definitely... Fatal Attraction, long enough ago that I think I can give it a spoiler alert and an oldie lux alert. Back in my day, it's definitely Glenn Close in the bathtub. Oh, she's definitely dead this time. Nope. She's got a knife and she's back again. We've all watched horror movies. How did we not see this? <laughs> How did we not know this? Fool me 8,000 times. Shame on me, Amy. Won't get fooled again, right? Oh, no, you will. You will. Guess what? Spoiler alert. You're fooled again. I thought the last hard
1: thing I was going to have to do in this endless time was get vaccinated right like it was drag that sled over the finish line with my family members on it and my parents and everything once we all got vaccinated the end and you know it's more the end if you are vaccinated but you see what i'm saying it's like not so fast yeah
0: not exactly. Well, here's a problem that is enduring. I have heard often that one thing that is extremely mentally taxing is a situation that is has a boring sameness and a tremendous amount of like violent uncertainty, basically. <laughs> so like that's war, right? 98% of war is sitting around. Wow. 2% of it is deadly danger. It's for your life. Okay. Being a fireman is that way, right? Like 90% of it is sitting around being bored and then 10% of it is deadly danger. Yes. And that both sides of that equation are very wearing. That makes sense. And I think that's what we've been dealing with because the boredom is an anticipatory dread boredom. It's not like regular boredom where maybe you're relaxed. You're not. You're anticipating the mm-hmm. deadly terror. You know. I think that that is what has made this endless uncertainty particularly mentally taxing. You're
1: so right. There isn't a like ay, 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 ay energy to this now that we very much did not have in March 2020. Right. I was feeling a lot of things, but it wasn't like ugh another day. And
0: now we have that energy. We're beaten down and yet still incredibly <laughs> frightened and stressed. It's a bad right. combination. And that's why I got to give it back to Cody. We may be. But we are not waxed and we are definitely not relaxed. (laughs) It made me
1: sad because I was doing my Cody Peloton ride and it was from like six weeks ago. Sometimes when you ride the bike, it's like, ride this one. It seemed better then. And it made me think about this episode we were getting ready to record today. It was early June and he was like, hot girl summer, y'all. Everybody's going to make out with whoever they want. He just was setting up. We were drinking a different frosty beverage in June than we are now in terms of like this going to
0: be awesome. Yeah. And now we're just hearing this sad yep. trombone of womp womp. Schools are just starting to open up mm-hmm. across the South. And we are dealing with guidelines that are very different depending on where you live and people having very different ideas about the virus depending on where you live. And again, we've run this track before and it's exhausting. The mask mandate's like, not in our school, you won't make kids wear masks. I mean...
1: Different people have different experiences, but the buy-in from the little kids on the masks, and even my big kids on the masks, in my household, it's very like, okay, all right. They know how to do it. They've gotten used to doing it. My kids would much rather wear masks and be in school than, you know, have their freedom and attend classes over Zoom. I think the kids are more okay they're not happy about wearing masks, but they'll do it. Like their cooperation and the masks effectiveness in schools
0: sort of played out pretty well. Yeah. I mean, pro mask. I just took a four-hour flight. And um, I was annoyed to put the mask on. I'm not going to lie. Right. I was like, rah, 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 rah. and it, it is like for the first couple of minutes, you're like, uh. and then three hours in, you just don't remember. It's on your face. I mean, it's not the best, but come on. It's like our journey through the pandemic, it occurs to me. Like
1: the first couple of you know minutes you have the mask on, you're like, I can't do this. I'll never last. <laughs>
0: and then you reach dull, dreadful acceptance, you know? Right. I know how to do this. And the tremendous problem of a lot of the stuff we're dealing with is that people do have tremendous COVID fatigue, right? They want to be done. I also think the line moved. I don't believe in COVID like I did last March. What do you mean? Even though I'm much more lax about it than I was last March, even though I have two unvaccinated kids. Oh, right. Exactly.
1: Like the case levels when we were like, nobody
0: move for two weeks, you know, stay inside. We're actually lower then than they are now. I'm right now traveling with my kids to a place that is not great with numbers and it's a decision that I realize I would not have made last March. I would have been a million years and nothing has really changed. In that it's changed, it might have gotten a little worse. And COVID doesn't know that my kids haven't had it. COVID doesn't know that we've been really careful for a year and a half. So it would be really unfair for one of them to get it. You know what I mean? Well, but my mind is doing that trick. I mean,
1: I just talked the other night to a, a nurse. I was standing around at a family party and she said, yeah, COVID's coming back. And we talked about how things have changed. Like there are things they can do to treat COVID patients better. They've learned things along the way that make it maybe case for case a little bit more successful. In March 2020, it was sort of if your lips turn blue, go to the hospital, but maybe not even then. And good luck, everybody. That was really scary.
0: I feel like what we're establishing is that here we are again. Is this right? We don't know. We read some things, but we don't know. I think when we get back, we should talk a little bit about, okay, where are we right now and what are the choices that we are facing and how are we going to try to make those decisions in a smart way?
1: while Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I
0: like this bread, people. It's h-e-r-o.co and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread.
1: So we're talking about how to sort of, you know, handle this moment. I've been in and out of New York City this summer, and it's interesting to be from New York City because whenever you go somewhere else, they're like, (gasps) how are things in New York City, right? That's the first thing everybody wants to know, that it's like this zombie wasteland of, you know, hospital gurneys. Right. It's very much not that. It's still different than usual. There are fewer taxis. There are fewer people in Times Square, you know, whatever. It's not that different. What is different is the mask buy-in, that people have masks on walking down the street in New York City. There are people who are vaccinated. There are people who aren't. But we all learned our lesson from that first scary time. And people wear masks. But what I really wanted to say is we're nimble about like, you go in the dry cleaner, you put the mask on, you come back out, you take it off, you get in the subway, you put the mask on, you know, you sit down at the table, you take it off that that part of it seems to me how we're going to approach this next phase. Like, you know, you don't need a mask on 100% of the time, but it's not zero either. So have a mask in your pocket. Who cares? That's sort of the New York way of doing things. And. I think that's helpful.
0: Yeah, I will say though, right now I'm in Texas. And let me tell you, that is not the Texas way of doing oh, no, things. No, I know. Yeah. The Texas way of doing things is much more like give someone a very mean look for wearing a mask in the store that you happen to be in. I just saw Roxanne Gay, you know, the writer. And she was saying on Twitter, she was like, everything I say can only represent Mm. The edges of my own experience. So if you don't see yourself validated within that, it doesn't invalidate you. It's just like, I can't speak to every experience with everything I speak to. And gosh, is this that way? You know, it's like, well, it's this, but not where I live, but not with my parents, but not with my high school friends but not with, I was looking back at the green, yellow, red chart. These are safe activities in the green. Take a walk outside, you know, and the green activities are always kind of like, go for a stroll. (laughs) I I can't (laughs) stroll for 18 months. I already strolled. No more strolling. And then the yellow activities are like, eat outside with a group of people. And then the red activities are hot back summer. Yeah. You know, everything you actually want to do, you know, go inside, go to a concert, hot girl summer. That's a red activity. What's changed, when you look at that, is that that used to be everybody that applied to everybody. Now it applies to a mystery unidentified group. Because when you're fully vaccinated, the right side is all green. But when you're not vaccinated, the left side is some green, some red, some yellow. And the problem is, in my family, we are a family of five, and two of us are not vaccinated. So right, it's like you can't pick and choose in the categories, we all have to be in the category of
1: Red. And can we talk about that for a second? I think we're being put in a really untenable situation. Parents who have kids under 12, you know, who are not vaccinated or who are not vaccinated for other reasons, but it's you no, know, not your choice that. Our kids are being asked to wear masks, but we're not. And it's really, really complicated. And I think that the kids are being left out of the equation in a way. When you hear a lot of people talking about what you should do and you shouldn't do, and if people are unvaccinated, well, that's their problem. It's like, well, what about the kids? I feel like... There's a lot of people without kids under 12 making a lot of proclamations on what people should and shouldn't do and just leaving them out of the equation in a totally weird way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was looking at to prep for the episode at the CDC Current guidelines, and that's constantly changing too. But the basic guidelines from the CBC: get the vaccine, doesn't apply to people under 12, right? Wear a mask indoors, even if you are vaccinated. So now we're back to masks all around, please. And then resume travel. If you are vaccinated, everything is like, do this, do this. But you can't, when you're me, choose from column one and column two. You are stuck with, I have to act like I'm unvaccinated because my kids can't do anything with me.
1: I almost feel like that's like your kids are in church and they have to have a mask on. Like, OK, I'm going to put a mask on, too. Like, it's not fair to like go do something fun. Well, kids, you have to wear a mask. I don't, though. Right. But then, of course, adults wearing masks, it's a signifier of 18 things. And now if I'm walking around New York City, I have been asked by the people who live in my apartment building, people who have unvaccinated children, can everybody please wear a mask in the lobby in elevators? Because there are kids who aren't vaccinated yet in the building. A totally reasonable request, I think. You don't have to do it. Nobody's making you do it. Can you do it? But me wearing a mask now is like, I'm a vax denier or like, I'm a crazy person who thinks we'll never be safe. It means stuff and you don't intend it to. I want it to be like, I'm in solidarity with my three-year-old nephew over here. But you see what I'm saying? Like we're signing all these secondary ideas and motivations to people based on whether they're wearing masks or not, when I think it should stop judging what other people are doing or thinking based on whether or not they're wearing a mask, because we don't know, but I don't know how we're going to get there.
0: Yeah, we're not going to get there. Absolutely not. Like, this has become wildly political... And identity-based, I think, like, let's all, you know, stop judging each other has gone way out the window. Like, that's (laughs) not going to happen. Yeah. And so I have come around to the other side of the equation, which is, as for me and my house, we will follow the guidelines, you know? And Mm -hmm. so as I have been traveling in Texas, I had to take some deep breaths to get right with myself and say, this is what we are and aren't going to do. And these things are not negotiable to me. And I know that I am going to confront people who think I'm crazy and that this is an exercise for me in doing what is right for me, no matter what other people think of me. And I'm back to that. And I'm bummed. That was another part I didn't like about the pandemic. I don't like to make a family trip plan and then call people I don't know and say, are you vaccinated? Because if not, I will not come there. I mean, I don't want to do that. It's not fun for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't like the feeling of saying... We are having a gathering. Please do not attend if you are not vaccinated because I know people who are not vaccinated and I think it's going to hurt their feelings and I think they're going to think I'm targeting them. But i I have made a decision that until my children are vaccinated this is how we are going to live. And so I am the vacation police where every time someone suggests something I have to be the person to say, gosh that does sound fun, but unfortunately we're not going to do that because it's indoors with strangers. And so I literally wrote down before we start to travel, we are not to be indoors with strangers. We are not to be indoors with anyone we don't know. Period. And if we are indoors with people We do know I have asked them if they're vaccinated. That's what makes me comfortable at this stage of the pandemic. I reject the premise that we're going to all get along and see eye to eye on this. And so I'm just going to mama bear through it and be like, this is what we've decided. If you want to talk about how crazy I am behind my back, please do so. If you want to talk about how crazy I am to my face, please don't do so. Please talk about me behind my back. But basically, this is what we're doing. And that's all I can do. You know what this reminds me of? That... Idea that when your kids have a
1: play date at somebody else's house, that you as a parent are supposed to say, Do you have unsecured handguns in the home? Just ask the tough question. And I, you know, agreed with that in principle. And I did that like never in my life. This is much more likely. So, like, you know, several times recently, I have not asked that question. I've made the assumption and found out later that I spent time inside with somebody who wasn't vaccinated, which would not have been my choice because I do spend time with children under 12.
0: In your defense, we're tired. This is the problem. Like, do we want to keep up? I feel like we were so vigilant for so long. I get it. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to think about this anymore. Listen, COVID in its own way has been better and worse than I expected. You know what I mean? Like, it hasn't Torn through and devastated whole communities of people with these vast amounts of deaths. It's a 1% to 2% death rate, as they predicted. Okay, my chances of surviving it are okay. But realistically, at the same time, you don't want to get it. And this whole thing has been an exercise, right? In like, Can I hold these opposing thoughts in my head at the same time? And it's hard. It's challenging. In order to like put one foot in front of the other and keep going,
1: you do start to say, well, six hundred thousand deaths. You know, it's not that bad, right? (laughs) No,
0: I don't say six hundred thousand deaths, it's not that bad. I'm not saying you're doing anything bad. I'm saying you have to
1: rationalize, like, well, it isn't as bad as we thought it would be, because of course it could have been worse. I mean, like that's a human impulse, but it could be worse but I'm still safe from a kind of, you know, to find the,
0: it could be worse, exit. I think that what I'm trying to say about it is that the problem is there are no right answers. And that's what we've said about it from the very beginning. Your chances of getting it and surviving it are really good, but you could also get it and not survive it. Your chances of your kid getting it and surviving it are good. But also, I mean, this is the problem. It's just hard to find solid ground with any of the choices we're trying to make.
1: Well, there's a judgment that I think a lot of people make too. Like, well, if you get it and you weren't vaccinated, then, you know, I don't know why I should feel sorry for you. I don't know why my health insurance should pay for it. There's that. Sure. Right. And there's also, if you get it, you'll be fine because you're not one of these people that have these underlying conditions. And you were unhealthy anyway. You smoked too much. So I don't really feel sorry for you if you got COVID. I'll be fine if I get COVID. And that is... Not true. Underlying conditions can definitely make it worse. But I mean, I have personal experience of this and I've seen these stories over and over and over again. Somebody from their hospital bed, like I'm a 24 year old and I'm healthy and now I have had a liver transplant. It just seems to just get some people by the
0: throat. Where we keep coming back to on COVID is you need to spend some time thinking about and outlining your ideas about it and what your choices around it are. And then you need to set boundaries around that and then you need to enforce those boundaries. There is no magic box of COVID answers out there that is going to make it clear what's going on. Mm -hmm. Now, on top of that, we have to make a different set of choices around our kids. And I think we should talk about that as soon as we get back.
1: Different fuel sources.
0: If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your lumen. That is L U
1: M E N dot M E, lumen.me, and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode.
2: Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
0: And now, your guide to the COVID guidelines from the What Fresh Out podcast. Please remember that as we face the rise of the Delta variant of COVID-19, it is more important than ever to follow the guidelines. Please note,
1: guidelines have been updated to reflect the most current possible information. Please
0: also note, however, that this information is currently in a state of flux, and therefore the guidelines will update periodically as our knowledge evolves. So, be
1: guided by the guidelines, but also remember that the guidelines may be out of date each time you encounter them.
0: So, it is your job to consult the evolving guidelines... And then follow them rigorously. Local guidelines, that is. The guidelines you should be following are your local guidelines.
1: Guidelines in other localities may vary. Yeah, like even one town over, the guidelines could be significantly different than your guidelines. That's just
0: the way it is. Follow your local guidelines. At all times. Unless the guidelines are updated, of course. There may be times that you see contrasting information in the guidelines. That is because the guidelines are in a state of constant flux. And why you should follow only the most current guidelines. Which may not reflect
1: changing variables. Should you plan a birthday in September? You'll have to consult the September guidelines for that. Those should be ready in September or slightly later.
0: Should you send your kid to school? These questions will be addressed in the school readiness and a time of delta guidelines, which we hope to have available, like maybe the day before school starts, if we're lucky. Based on what we know at that time, which could definitely change. Until that, remember, please
1: follow the guidelines. It's that simple.
0: This has been your guide to COVID
1: guidelines from the What Fresh Health Podcast.
0: Okay, we're back. Amy. We had a Facebook thread about what is challenging about this, and I thought it was really useful. The original post said, We are coming up to the dreaded first day of daycare for my kids age two and four. They are going to get sick like crazy, and I know it. But is there anything I can do to help minimize it? We are teaching hand washing. They are up to date on vaccines. I am starting nursing school, and if I miss class, I fail the program. This is the kind of dilemma that so many moms are facing this September, which is here we go again, except for maybe with less masking and less overall defense (laughs) against COVID. I had one of my kids in camp this summer, and he suffers from migraines. He would get a migraine. And then before being allowed back in camp, and this is fine, I'm not criticizing them, he would have to test negative for COVID. Yeah. And two big problems with that. Number one, he would have to get a note from his doctor clearing him or he would have to test negative for COVID. The test is free where I am. And I don't know how long that will be true. To go to my doctor is $60 because that's my copay. If I want to just go get him cleared to go back the next day, usually the COVID test isn't back by then. So I have to go to his doctor and then I'm out $60 every time he gets a migraine. It's expensive, it's stressful, and it's really a nightmare. And so at some point you're going to be like, you don't have a headache, it's fine. Right. So it forces you into the unintended consequences of don't sniffle at school. Just pretend you're not sick. And then I don't want to be that person who sends my kid to school with COVID, but it kind of forces you in there. I don't have $300 a month to see the doctor every time he gets a migraine. There's a really
1: dangerous traffic intersection right near my house, and it's two busy streets in New York City that go together and the entrance to a, a major subway station. So they all come together at this one intersection. It is a very dangerous intersection. People are constantly jaywalking, and they don't want people to jaywalk, but then they timed the lights and realized that like, if you didn't get across the street in time, people... We're going to have to wait up to two and a half minutes to be able to cross the street. Nobody's going to wait two. Like right. so, you're going to have jaywalkings. People are going to run out. Like you're encouraging bad decisions when it's that onerous. So right, causing sixty dollars every time you have a migraine in your house is going to lead to you, the hypothetical you, not reporting the symptoms the next time. Yeah, not the hypothetical me, the real me. It's going to lead to the real me doing that. Or like, you know, I'll fess up the temperature theater we all had to do. Like, you have to fill out their temperature every day. There was, you know, more than one day that I was like, 98.6. They're already gone. They're fine. And the problem for people whose kids are in daycare and who are in nursing school and they can't miss is that if one kid has COVID, the school's going to be shut down for two weeks. That's sort of Damocles hanging over your head that you might need at any point to shut everything down and become your kids, you know, only caregiver for two weeks is really hard. And a third year of that seems unthinkable.
0: And unlike a lot of the stuff we talk about on the podcast. So I'm like, if you've got a first grade teacher giving your kid two hours of homework, mm-hmm. refuse to do it. I'm fine with that. That's the solution to that. Go talk to them, make a deal and say, my first grader is not doing two hours of homework because they're being ridiculous. In this situation, there is no, oh, the other side is being ridiculous. The other side is trying to keep a classroom of 20 kids safe and they can't have people sending sick kids in. And so if your kid goes home sick. You need to prove to them it's not COVID. I get both sides of it. That's the problem. Right. The enemy is COVID. The enemy is not the restriction. The enemy is not the daycare. There you go. It's back to your original point. Like the enemy isn't like stupid teacher who's so small minded. Right. Because listen, I would love to find a villain in this, but you're right. The villain is COVID and making it so complicated. I think we have to be as proactive as possible while realizing that there really is no like checkbox solution. I think that the first thing that you can do is make a plan. In the case of your kids, before the fall, it is time to think about backup care. Who do you have who can step in and watch your kids for you? Do you have a mom? Do you have a Facebook moms group where you can go and say, I need backup care? daycare for my kids, and I have this much of a budget to do it. Is anyone willing to take my kids on the day that they're sick? Mm -hmm. Now, here's the other problem with that. Mm -hmm. They're sick. People don't want to be around sick kids. And all of our immune systems are completely hampered and have gone to zero because we wear masks. (laughs) Exactly. And so, I mean, there's no way to make this facile. But I do think finding people who you can lean on to be backups for your kids. I have older kids and I sometimes will have phone backups for my kids. So my oldest is 12 and I will leave them at home by themselves. And I have a person who is my phone backup so that they can call a neighbor who can come over to check on them. You cannot do that with a two and a four-year-old. I get it. But I mean, you got to get as creative as possible with what is the solution to the fact that my kid is going to get sick at school. I mean... Do the hand washing, do the masking, do everything you possibly can. But your kid is going to get sick at school. So then what? Right. And there's no easy answer, but you got to figure out something. I think preemptive planning and conversations is the best thing you can do with this. And maybe it's sitting down with the person who runs the program or having a conversation with your boss. I mean, Amy and I work for ourselves. But even we sit down together and say, this summer is going to be a mess. Like, let's work out our program. Can we record two episodes in a week so that we don't have to worry about getting a recording while I'm trying to take my kid to school, whatever it happens to be. I think the more you can plan in advance, that is right. literally your only defense. And I can hear people saying, but, but, but yes, you're going to hit a million, butts. it's not going to be perfect, but yeah. you're a lot better off thinking about it a month ahead than thinking about it the morning it happens. That's all you can really do. The other thing I would recommend is establishing a really good relationship with a doctor, with your pediatrician. I now have a doctor Uh who understands my kid's migraine symptoms so that I don't have to go for an office visit when he has a migraine because I can call the office and say he is nauseous, he has pain in his left eye, and he is seeing spots. And she says, that's not COVID, that's a migraine, and she will write him a note. And so... I solved the problem. Yeah. I actually did this with my daughter's grade school because she's
1: also a migraine sufferer and had symptoms of long COVID still during the last school year. And we had to have in place somebody else you need to make friends with, the school nurse. <laughs> Another
0: really good person to do this. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right? Lead with, oh my gosh, I can't believe what this must be like for you, right? And with, thank you. But yes, this school nurse who has known my daughter since she was three, and I and the other school nurse, because now there, of course, have to be two school nurses because it's become such an overwhelming job. Anyway, they knew that if she was saying like that she was having some chest pain or whatever one day, that was not a sign of a new COVID infection. It was not a sign that the school had to be shut down. And you have to run things out. I had to get some letters from doctors and stuff. But yeah, there are things you can do to keep your kids healthy and in school besides, you know, not exactly telling anybody when they have the sniffles. You can be more forthcoming about it, I guess.
0: I think that's right. And I think you just have to work with what you've got. And also, I think with the school issue... If your school does not have a mask mandate, you can still send your kid to school in a mask. You can have a conversation with your kid that says, as for me and my house, this is what we are doing. And that's not a terrible life lesson for kids anyway. You are going to confront this a million times in your life where people think you are dumb for wanting to wear that shirt that you think is groovy and everyone else thinks is dumb, for wanting to do something at work that is really innovative, but is not what your boss wants. Whatever it is, this is, life. One of my kids said, I said, how was your day? He said, "Eh, there were parts of it that were good and parts of it that were bad. And I said, kid, welcome to life. There are parts of it that are good and parts of it that are bad. And I think we come back to the theme of... You know, don't miss the lessons here. Like the biggest lesson for me, as a person who likes to, you know, as is the reason I do the podcast, figure stuff out, get to the bottom of it, and find solutions. Being challenged by many things in the last couple of years that I realized I really did not control the outcome of has been really challenging to me, but not all bad.
1: The thing I will say, too, about the kids with masks in school is I think we were talking before about how walking down the street wearing a mask is a signifier and it means all these things and it's stupid and we're ascribing motivations. And I don't think kids do that in the same way. At least I hope that they don't. They don't where I live. If your kid is wearing a mask at school and somebody else isn't, they're not going to be like, that kid thinks that I don't you know, consume news from the proper sources, whatever, like, right, they just put it on. They're not layering all this stuff in it. They're not layering this. Your mask is really about me and making me second guess stuff, which makes me feel angry. They just put the mask on. They put it on. And then, as you said, it might get harder when you're in a situation where it's like, masks are bad, and you're like, "Mm, but not for our family. I can see that being more complicated. But I also would hope that in those situations, the other four-year-olds aren't really thinking about it. They're
0: mask natives, if you know what I mean. They've grown up with them around. Absolutely. And it is one of my biggest North Stars in life that you can only control yourself. And I say that to my kids a billion times, but this teacher was unfair. Okay, but you can only control yourself. So if you overreacted and yelled at her. Now you're in trouble. Like control yourself. I don't care what other people do. COVID is super challenging that way because what other people do directly affects you. But the bottom line is you still can't control them. You can't make them believe in the vaccine, you can't make them wear a mask. So it still does come down a little bit to like, what can you do to protect yourself to feel as safe as possible, and to keep your mental health sane. And for me, that is making the best possible next right decision. It's not
1: something to be mad at each other about. We're taking it out on each other, but that the rules are changing, that the information is different. Like, yeah, COVID's sneaky like that.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely not something to be mad at each other about. But I think in 18 months, I've come to accept we're going to do that, though, you know? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you that we should let all that stuff go, but we're not going to. That's what I've figured out at this point. Well, I can let all that stuff go, right? But you can let it go. And I can let go of overreacting to it and kind of caring what people think. And I can just say, Mm -hmm. we're going to wear our masks. And that's what we're doing. And, you know, glare at me all you want. But oh, well. We're dealing with it. Amy, we like to say solved it. I was going to say, I think we're good. I mean, I think that we know what it's about. I'm sorry that we're still doing this. It's a drag. You really bummed me out when you said third school year with COVID. That was a bummer. It's a drag. That's right. We are getting through it. And that's the good thing, I think. Yeah. Let's do what we can to keep them in school this year, right? Oh, please, please, <laughs> Come please, on, please. I just don't want to hear the word Zoom. That's where I'm going to draw the line, people.
1: <laughs> we have merchandise available at bit.ly slash whatfreshmerch, all lowercase. You can also go to our website, whatmarshallepodcast.com. And there's a, a link in the sidebar. Get yourself you know, a little pick-me-up. A little something. I have an oldie lock shirt that makes me very
0: happy to wear. Yeah, I have a sweatshirt. It's really good. Like heavy, heavy. It's nice quality. I ran into someone wearing my toddler purgatory shirt and they were like, oh, what fresh hell are you, Margaret? And I was like, yes, I am. And it helps you identify other what fresh hell listeners in the wild, which I think is very useful. I know. Love it. I haven't met one yet. I'm looking forward to it. I know. You have to wear your merch at all times, Amy. Yeah. All right. I will. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week, guys.